0: The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com give. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss... The technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Dom. And Father Joseph Sunday, hey, Father. Good to be with you. Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at slash oz. Find out what's going on with our Catholic friends down in Australia. But uh, right here on Sequence of Tech. I want to start off with a little bit of feedback from our recent episode on health and wellness technology. That was a couple episodes ago. Sandy sends in an email. Sandy says, uh, having just this week listened to your podcast on health and wellness tech, it reminded me of a news report about a woman who was killed and the police used her Fitbit to figure out who killed her. Uh, And there's a link to the uh, story, which is... uh, Kind of an um, amazing story the, about uh, I won't get into all the details of how they did it. I'll put the link in the show notes and you can check it out. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing how the uh, our quantified life is <laughs> uh, tracking us in, in ways that maybe are good and maybe not so good uh, as we've seen. Um, also, uh, Ter- uh, Sandy goes on and says, Also, just a comment about tracking sleep. I've used both Fitbit devices and Apple Watch but I couldn't track my sleep with the Apple watch because the battery wouldn't last all day and through the night. Thanks to everyone at SQPN. I listen to several of your podcasts and enjoy them very much. Thanks, Sandy. Uh, well, on, the, on that last point about the uh, Apple watch lasting through the night, uh, I was surprised when I got my new Apple watch last year, series eight, the battery life is dramatically better. Uh, I could wear it all day and through the night. And then just throw it on the charger for an hour in the morning while I'm in the shower or whatever and have it be, you know, back at it again. So it's um so the new you know, the newer ones do have better battery life. But honestly, I don't I don't like wearing stuff to to track my sleep um you know on me. I don't like having wearing things at night. Um and again, you if you've listened to the episode, you heard my story about the um ending up in the ER and almost getting an MRI because uh my fitbit caused uh, me to have a, a neurological issue uh because i slept on it on <laughs> um, like my forehead on it um and it caused all the nerves on half of my head to go dead
1: i won't we'll get oh, into goodness. It.
0: yeah uh i was i was in the er for 24 hours for, for that you you know if you, if you haven't heard that one go back and listen to that um so a little cautionary tale uh so since then i just you know i don't like wearing things overnight um i have I like the sleep tracker that goes under the mattress and, you know, and it's, it's been there for, I've had it for years and years and it's where it's great. Uh, It's always done a good job of tracking my sleep, but uh, thank you, Sandy, for the feedback. I appreciate that. All right. And so let's move on to our main topic of the, this episode, which is, we're going to talk about cleaning your technology, all of your different devices, because folks, let me tell you, your tech is gross. (laughs) (laughs) So uh whether it's your cell phone or your computer keyboard or your monitor uh or just even the desk that your stuff sits on, this stuff gets dirty. It attracts dust and or and and other grime and bacteria and whatnot. And it makes sense if you think about it, because we take our phones everywhere with us, right? With it's and <laughs> everywhere clear, everywhere let's be clear everyone <laughs> yeah. takes it into the bathroom with them i mean it's just it's 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 a fact that people do that and you know just stuff gets gross and there's an article i think you might have shared that victor the uh article on uh from the university of michigan study
1: oh uh yeah that wasn't me but uh oh, okay. that was, that was me
0: okay, that was well, me I guessed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well so it says that the uh the, your your cell phone is ten times dirtier than a toilet,
1: which is really gross. It's, it's not dirtier than my toilets. <laughs> I, I have four boys. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, what does it mean by dirtier? And you know, like yeah. what a dirty and that sort of thing. But the fact is, um, they found you know seventeen thousand bacterial gene copies on the phones of high school students, um. Scientists at the University of Arizona have found that cell phones carry ten times more bacteria than most toilet seats, etc cetera, etc cetera. but and you know i i I would like to I would wonder about other things that we carry with us every day how about our keys, our shirts, our pants, our shoes, you know stuff that other stuff we're touching all the time. The fact is there's a lot of dirty stuff around us, but that doesn't doesn't negate the fact that our cell phones you know, as much as anything, more than any of our tech, are in our hands and around our food and other stuff, much more than you know than other tech. So it's important to to, to think about this this uh, this topic. So we're gonna go over some uh, stuff, some gadgets and other tools to keep our stuff clean and some principles of of cleaning things. So let's talk about some of the this. St- I love talking about stuff um gadgets and and things to buy. So let's let's start there. Uh maybe the first thing to to think about is like what do we use to clean our tech with? And it's important like electronics and water don't mix. <laughs> so avoid water. Yeah. Uh so what do we use? What what do you what do you guys use as when you as a cleaning agent to to clean things?
2: Well, my go-to for everything is probably the cheapest, and that is using um, isopropyl alcohol for mm-hmm. basically everything. If you have a pa- paper towels that aren't abrasive, I use. There's a brand called Viva that almost has like this cloth-like feeling to it that I'll use, and then I'll use a isopropyl. If I have to clean off small areas, um, I'll use a Q-tip with alcohol on it. Right. Yeah.
0: I like to uh, especially like when I'm cleaning my keyboard, I, it's isopropyl alcohol and a Q-tip all the time, you know, getting in there and getting the, the crumbs and gunk out and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're all shedding our hair and our skin cells everywhere. Um, so, you know, it, it, it just it, it piles up. And so it's worthwhile getting in there, especially with the, a lot of these Non-mechanical keyboards with, like, the butterfly keys and that sort of thing, even the slightest bit of grit or dirt under it can prevent it from, from working properly. So
2: but let's be clear. The first thing you should do before cleaning anything that you're putting a liquid onto is that regardless of how low voltage it is, I know your keyboard's extremely low voltage, unplug it.
0: Right. Right, yeah, yeah. unplug, turn it off, turn unplug it, off. it. yeah. yeah best you can the, the reality is though especially for like electronics like uh there's still electricity in them whether it's you know that this power this flow you know so in your phone even when it's off there's still a battery in it you know or your watch or your laptop or you know even like a motherboard you can't can't put your ipad in the dishwasher just just don't do it folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh you know, but so we start with so with no water isopropyl alcohol is one option of course compressed air is another way of uh cleaning some things off uh although i don't love the compressed air canisters because as you know as uh, as our chemistry class or in physics class told us as the pressure releases it gets cold and the can freezes up and you got to wait for it to yeah. warm up again
1: and you can't spray it from all the different angles and it's expensive What I found on Amazon is a, it's a, you know, USB charged, it has a battery, and it's a handheld fan that's, I mean, it's just basically a fan with a nozzle on it. It has a flashlight on it too, but um, it blows, you know, just about as fast as compressed air. It's around $20, which is the cost of, you know, maybe four or five cans of compressed air anyways, um, and you can run it for as long as you need to, to clean out a whole pc case or something so it's not like a compressed air where you have to wait or have several cans that you're cycling through so i've i've haven't used compressed air since i've gotten that fan just because Mm. it's it's so you know and it's it it works a lot better and you can use it a lot longer um uh so that definitely works q-tips uh i love q-tips and and alcohol and isopropyl alcohol. Um, Yeah. Cleaning contacts and like old game cartridges and stuff. I found sometimes though, that regular Q-tips are too fuzzy and leave lint behind. So there are, um, you know, special cleaning swabs you can buy, which have, uh, you know, much denser, uh, you know, felt or fabric on the cotton or whatever on the end and, and don't shed. Um, And also the tips are shaped as, you know, cones or, they're a lot easier to get into things such as, you know, charging ports and stuff to clean contacts down in there. So um, those are those are good as well. Um, I've had really good luck with those. But those, yeah, ice purple. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was going to say the uh, the 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 cotton swab cleaning swabs are sometimes called gun cleaning swabs. They're generic. You know, there's a million of the different brands of them on Amazon. Just look for ones to talk about. Yeah. You know, having a pointed uh, tip or tight tip or cleaning uh, you know that sort of thing. The I was gonna say the the compressed air duster is is uh the the one you linked uh, that you got there is the recb r e e s i b i. But th- there might be others out there like it. Yeah. But just look for ones that have like some strong, powerful. They, they need to be able to blow some air. You know, make some directed air. I think that's the key.
1: Yeah, and if you're putting on a screen protector, you know, you got dust on your screen, it's good for, for doing the final dust off before you put your screen protector on. Right. L- like, list price on it, I think, was like $60, but it's always on sale for, like, don't spend more than $20 because it's, you know, a battery-powered fan that's, right. that's super... So, yeah, it's I think that's about a, a good price for it, but I found it to be a pretty effective alternative to compressed air.
0: That's a pretty good... Like, I wouldn't pay 60 bucks, but... The 20 bucks yeah. I, I might pay, for, pay that. that's a pretty good deal. So that's good. And then when you want to, you know, you don't want to put like vinegar or any ammonia-based cleaners, glass cleaners on any computer screens so or your phone, your camera, your monitor screens, anything like that because there are coatings on these different devices, on the glass of these devices that get stripped off by the harsh chemicals that are in window cleaner. So you want something that's a little more dedicated to cleaning uh, these types of screens. Now you can just use a damp, not wet, a damp cloth to get to get most of the, the junk off um, and maybe clean off you know, oily you know, smudges or fingerprints, that sort of stuff. But there's also, you could use stuff that's dedicated for the use of either um, camera lenses um or eyeglass cleaners because those are supposed to be you know careful you know of the coatings that are on them. Um, do you guys have any particular uh, kinds
1: of like wipes or sprays that you like for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of um. They're four cents a piece if you buy them in bulk on Amazon. They're called Optics 55 Eyeglasses Wipes, and they're they're rubbing alcohol, isopropyl alcohol based. But i and individually wrapped, I carry around like three or four of those with me pretty much at all times, so I can clean my phone, clean my glasses, clean my my fitbit, um you know anything else i I come into contact with you know webcam lenses, that sort of thing um it It's actually kind of a joke because I carry these in all of my pockets, and I'll go on walks around the neighborhood and as I'm pulling my phone out, these things will fall out, and they have a very distinctive bright green package each each and so. My family can actually tell where I've been around the neighborhood by <laughs> these bre- breadcrumbs that that've fallen out. It, and I'll walk the same path a couple of days later, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's that's mine. I better pick that up." But, uh, so we yeah, as you litter the
0: neighborhood, neighborhood with your uh, wipes, but yeah. it's it's great. It's like a, a box of six hundred on Amazon is is like twenty five bucks. That's that's a lot of cleaning.
2: Yeah, you just not much. grab a handful and go. So I had a. Um back on one of our cheap christmas episodes one of my picks was these mini little eyeglass cleaners oh yeah that you that go on both sides of the lens they have a little circular thing i have found that those work really good with touch cleaning for my cell phone as well so hmm. i already have one sitting in my car most of the time and so i just pull it out and use it on my cell phone as well which now that i read that michigan article i'm wondering if i really should be putting that on my um <laughs> glasses and on my cell phone
0: but right right yeah it's uh probably want to clean that cell phone uh before you put that on it another one is uh something for like bigger screens because those wipes are kind of small there was uh you, you had a link here to something called whoosh
1: yeah i've i've used it in the past uh you know for cleaning like a large tv it is a spray cleaner but it just seems to be um a lot nicer than most of the, like you know the you know Meyer brand ammonia free glass cleaner that you might buy it's specifically designed for cleaning tech and screens doesn't streak doesn't leave um residue uh but you just want to make sure you have some clean fluffy microfiber cloth with it and be very careful about you know spraying it generally is better to spray onto the cloth uh and and then wipe mm-hmm. the screen because I think I have ruined at least one TV through the years. I don't I don't think it was the LCD TV by overspraying the screen and having the juice run down. And I think it fried the uh, like one of the controllers inside yeah. of the. Yeah, it wasn't it was like an old, you know, TV monitor thing.
2: This was one of my tales of woe of getting um, smart boards into schools, especially in um, Catholic schools where we have trained the teachers to be cheap. Um, <laughs> and I walked into the horror of seeing a teacher spray Windex on the brand new smart board. Oh, um, oh, and yeah. so I actually, this very product, this whoosh stuff, we bought a bottle for each of the rooms, which I did justify to my principal, why it was worth $20 to yeah, buy a bottle of this stuff. But I think the very name of it. Um, just kind of gave them the entertainment of using it. And so it got <laughs> the point across. So I was happy with that.
0: $20 is a lot less than whatever, a lot more than a smart board costs. So yeah.
2: $3,500 a board is what yeah. they cost. Yeah, So
0: I'd spend the 20 bucks. And you mentioned, uh, Victor, microfiber, cleaning cloths, have plenty, use them yeah. up, throw them away when they get messed up and get some more, you know, like don't, you, you they're, they're relatively inexpensive as long as you're not buying the ones that are Apple branded. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, but they're, they're great for this. They don't streak. They don't, uh, I mean, once they get dirty, they do start to streak on the screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not perfect, but when they're clean and relatively fresh, uh, they're, they're really great at, at cleaning these things. So, and they don't, they don't leave, um, uh, dust and fibers behind, or they and they don't scratch the screen, which is important.
1: Yeah, and you you can wash them in a in a washing machine. Just don't use any fabric softeners because then you'll get fabric softener over whatever you're trying to clean <laughs> oh, later, <yeah. laughs> like streaks of, of yeah, downy oh and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. you can't you can't wash them. I mean, at that point, they're they're pretty much like polishing cloths. um you know, for, for silverware or whatever, more than, I don't know if people polish silver anymore, but you know, whatever you like, <laughs> like, you know, rags, hard, hardware and stuff. Yeah they're, yeah. they're more useful for that than actually like, but they're so, they're so
2: cheap if you buy like Amazon basics brand or, or whatever. Just don't use it on your phone. Once you start using it on your silverware. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Because of that. You'll, that get, bra- you'll get
2: brass
1: Brasso all over your phone.
0: Well, let's do something about that, that dirty, dirty phone that you have. Uh yeah. one of the things that became really popular back in twenty twenty yeah. uh were these UV sanitizers, the the, the these various products. And there's a the question like, do these work? And what it is it's usually like this little coffin or casket that you put your phone in or some type of box that the phone goes in, and inside are these UV lights, ultraviolet lights, and you 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 run it through a cycle, a period of time where these lights are bathing your phone in these Non-destructive, you know, uh, wavelengths of light,
1: and uh, and they, non, non non-destructive to phones. We should to say phones. yes, they can exactly. be very destructive to eyes and skin. So right, right, which yeah. is
0: why they you when they go inside, this you keep the device device closed while it's operating, um, and destructive to bacteria and viruses yeah. and and things like that. And so I've got a couple of articles uh, that I'll link in the show notes that that back up with uh, laboratory testing. That these UV sanitizers do work to kill bacteria and viruses, and including many coronaviruses. Uh, the COVID is not the only coronavirus. Uh, there's lots of different ones, um, but uh, killing many different viruses and things like that. Uh, and uh, and so, it, like, there's not going to be any particular one that I'm going to link of these. There's there's many on the market, uh, but uh, th- there's links to some in the sh- in the uh, in the, in the stories that I'll link, like Simple Human, who tends to have kind of expensive, but very nice stuff. They're sort of the Apple of the home cleaning uh, businesses. They have a $200 Simple Human Clean Station, it's called. It's a countertop model that you stick your phone in like a toaster and it goes in. And then when it's done, it comes back up again. Uh, but there's uh, one like the Belkin Boost Charge UV Sanitizer and Wireless Charger. And it's a little box. You put the phone inside and it's 50 bucks. That put the phone inside and it UV sanitizes it and it charges your phone uh, while it's at it. You know, phone soap is another one. So there's, there's yeah. a bunch of
1: these. They, they were very difficult to get in the early days of the pandemic. And so I may have taken a cardboard box, lined it with tin foil, gotten an aquarium UV light and <laughs> tried to make my <laughs> own, which I would not under any circumstances recommend. But, uh, Back in the fog of war, any sort of sanitization (laughs) seemed. seemed
2: Back in the days of
1: the pandemic, children. Gather round while I
2: tell you the tales. (laughs) I have a phone soap and I really like the way it works. One side note on it, though, is though it's going to kill the germs on your phone, it's not going to get rid of those dust bunnies or fingerprints or anything like that. You have to still. So it's not like this substitute for cleaning your phone. Right. Um, it's another you're step. Still,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's to help you not be a germaphobe or to be a germaphobe. Right.
0: Well, and that's the thing. So like wiping it off with a with a cloth may may or may not kill all the germs. But, you know, putting it in the phone soap or or the sanitizer will kill the germs. Then wiping it off with a with a, you know, a moist towelette of some sort or the, you know, the isopropyl alcohol towels or whatever. Uh, well, then clean it. And, You know, it's a two-step process. You got to do both parts if you really want to have a clean
2: phone. Yeah, and th- there's a proper alcohol. Well, yeah. If you sew a red cross on the cloth and then you use it during mass, I think it kills germs. Though. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm not gonna tread the the those waters <laughs> there.
1: <Yeah.
0: laughs> the communion, the communion cup. Yes. Now, Victor, I think you linked to something about uh something that co- cleans a, a contact cleaner, and this isn't like like eye contacts, this is something else.
1: No, no, this is, um, so yeah, this, this may get more into, you know, restoration versus, versus cleaning, but you know, sometimes you will have a device with, you know, corroded or, or dirty battery terminals or an old, um, Nintendo cartridge with, you know, corrosion or, or dirt on the, on the contacts and, um, your, or, you know, there's, Gosh, I spray this stuff on probably too much, but you know, alcohol isn't, isn't just cutting it, so to speak. So a can of a uh, deoxid, uh, deoxid, D5, which is not sure if it's naphtha based or, or what exactly it is, but it's a, you know, it's a chemical solvent that, um, evaporates very quickly. So it leaves your, your contacts and stuff, you know, after you wipe it off it, you know, it's like it was never there. So I can, you know, recommend that. It is pretty expensive. Um, WD-40 has their own uh, branded contact cleaner as well, which is, I think, like half or one quarter of the price, and it, you know, works almost as good. But if you have, like, an old, um, you know, toy or a piece of vintage electronics with corroded, you know, metal contacts, you can hit it with that, you know, a little brushing or your Q-tip, and you're you're usually pretty good to go.
2: I use WD-40 when I'm restoring game consoles especially ones that were black because there's an oil you want on it to give it a shine
1: ah, and the
2: okay. wd-40 actually gets that shine back into it without being too oily nice i'll have to give that a try yeah so
0: uh, victor you also uh mentioned uh, and uh, with a warning from father not to get too down
1: far down yeah. this rabbit hole something called retro brighting what's that all about yeah, so we we might be getting into more of the restoration here. And I'll I'll let Father take over, but I'm I'm just going to set up the uh infomercial pitch here. It's like, has this ever happened to you? You pick up a piece of vintage electronics, an old Commodore 64 or um, you know, anything that used to be white or light gray, and uh yeah, there you go, an old uh what is that? A Toshiba Toshiba
2: notebook. satellite
1: yeah. And so you it's been left out in the sun and just with age, you know, you get that nasty yellowy plastic sheen to it. Um, well, have we got an inexpensive yet somewhat time intensive process for you to <laughs> take it away? Father.
2: Yeah. And so there's it's a little complicated. There's certain chemicals and stuff you use. If you go to your local Walmart to buy the stuff, they might um, call the cops on you on everything you're buying, thinking <laughs> you're brewing something up. but. The goal is ultimately that you're bleaching really your electronic back to its original white. So using the power
1: of OxyClean,
2: yeah, as <laughs> <Like> our, literally, <laughs> yeah, literally it's using oxygen, OxyClean.
1: yeah, oxygen activated uh, bleach. Us
2: uh, on video here could see I had readily within reach a yellowed electronic with me in reach. Um, I have many of those laying around, so it just kind of gives you that, you know. You just bought it at your um, Comp USA in the nineties, <laughs> and you have yeah. it now. Feel again, so. right?
0: Right. It just it makes it,
2: it it restores it. Yeah, I mean sometimes, especially if the
0: if stuff the stuff has been a house or a or apartment or office where smoking was going oh, on. Yeah. yeah, Like I I remember getting a Tandy one hundred decades ago, uh, used from someone who was a smoker, and it just came out of the box and. For one thing, the I open I opened the box and I'm like, Oh, it's like it smells like a bar. it was like woof although bars today I guess aren't smoky. Yeah. Uh and it uh, smells like the old KFC. Uh and uh and and but the the, the Tandy One Hundred itself was just, you know, yellowed and you know, that, that awful color of uh you know, of, of smoke stained stuff. And so having the ability to clean things at least like that is uh is useful. But that's a whole rabbit hole and um just look on youtube retro brighting and it will take you all through that you'll find plenty of
2: things to talk to look hours at hours upon yeah. hours of videos that have all already been watched by me yes. yeah yeah
1: so, <laughs> yeah and that that nicotine sheen that's actually um they make sprays for uh you know prop designers to call it uh, a oh, nicotine yeah. washer nicotine spray yeah. that's what it's called and you spray it on your prop or your costume or whatever that you want to look a little antiqued and, and faded and have that kind of lived in. And it just, you know, probably contains no actual nicotine, just pigments, but <laughs> but it it gives it that kind of uh that yellowy, uh, sickly sheen to it. Some of us are trying to fix
2: it and some of them are trying yeah. to make it that way. Now, I don't care what the Tandy Model 100 smells like. A Tandy <laughs> Model 100 still a Tandy Model 100.
0: I know. I kind of wish I still had yeah. it today. That thing is long gone. So uh, I want to go through some tips for cleaning, just some general tips. Like we said, make sure to power off your devices or unplug them and and unplug them. Frankly, Uh, you should power off and unplug. Then always use microfiber cloths as much as possible, especially on screens. Paper towels, maybe on the outsides of, you know, of a laptop or that sort of thing would be fine. And if you can find lintless paper towels or, you know, relatively lint free that would be the thing uh, to do if you don't have a microfiber. Blown air or compressed air if, if, you, if you don't have the, the blower like like uh, Victor was talking about. But when you blow into something, like when you're trying to blow dust off or blow other things off, blow it so that it's blowing out.
1: Yes. <laughs> so you,
0: you don't want to be forcing the stuff further in to the keyboard or the computer. One of the I, one of the things I like to do every once in a while is I turn off my... I have network-attached storage. They run 24-7. Every... Six months or so, I turn them off, and I take them outside, and I just open them up and blow from the inside out all the dust. And you, would, it is amazing how much dust is inside, coating all the electronics. Dust is an insulator. He, insulation means heat. Heat is the death of electronics. I mean, so you want your electronics to live longer? Get the dust off. Same thing with your computer. The ins. If you have a not so much a laptop, because there's not much you can do about it. But if you have a desktop computer of any sort, you want to open that up and blow the dust out occasionally. Keyboards, are as I mentioned, although one, one thing I like to do, I, have, I, don't, I don't have a mechanical keyboard anymore. I have the Apple Magic Keyboard. I like to get on my keyboards, whether it's the, the desktop keyboard or the laptop keyboard, a keyboard cover, which is a, a thin plastic-shaped sheet that goes over it that prevents stuff from getting inside. Of the keys uh it just it's just better that way plus it also i have i i hammer my keyboard like like a sledgehammer fingers and so this prevents me from wearing out the keys (laughs) so
2: when i think of those covers though i think of you going into the car shop yeah where the cover (laughs) has never been replaced and it's just this yellow greasy (laughs) yeah yeah membrane The
0: the the car bra with <laughs> yeah. you know, the the car cover on the front yeah, and the, yeah. the paint is faded all around it. Yeah, yeah. Keyboard cleaning tools. I want to recommend one that I've been using called the. Uh, it's from Oxo, the the people who also make your. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find. No, where would that go? I had a link to that in the show notes, but now I'm not seeing. It. Oh, there it is. The Oxo Good Grips cleaning brush for electronics. Now Oxo makes a lot of kitchen gear, but this is a something for your, your keyboard. And what's nice about it is. It on each end, there's a different brush. One that's a little firmer, and one that's more like a like a paintbrush, like very soft. And it's great for cleaning off, you know, tight spaces around keyboards, especially and that sort of thing. Um, and it's it's made of the same stuff that microfiber is from, so it won't scratch. Uh, so um, it's a nice little little thing, and it's only you know what was it nine dollars? So it's a uh, it's pretty inexpensive for for what it is. Um, so something to think about.
1: Yeah, it looks like they've been branching out from you know spatulas into like <laughs> tech cleaning stuff. They have a couple products. It looks like.
0: Yeah, they look well, at yeah. the deep clean brush set. Which, you know, that
1: way, you don't have to use your toothbrushes. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, although I'm going to guess that the bristles here are better for your electronics yeah. than toothbrush bristles. Probably. Are. Pro yes. tip:
1: use use someone else's toothbrush for cleaning your tech. Gear.
0: Yes, I just like I always used my brother's toothbrush to <laughs> yeah. clean the toilet. Um, And once again, don't use your (laughs) toothbrush after it goes
2: on your phone. (laughs) Right. Uh,
0: So then cable management, cables get dusty and dirty. If you keep your cables up off the floor, keep them um, bundled if you can. Uh, I know you you don't want to see my cable management under my desk. (laughs) It looks terrible. Um, I always always have good intentions. And then the cables end up going in all directions. But cables are a thing that you might want to clean every once in a while.
2: I'm not I'm pretty sure I don't have a cable yet that um, hasn't been introduced to my Roomba. So
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. yeah. I I like to keep a case on my phone at all times. I have the for the I use the Apple MagSafe uh, case, the clear one. I, I, I think I, I think it's just the best case for for the phone. I know people like there are all kinds of cases out there, but this is the kind I like. The one thing about that is eventually dirt and dust and sand or whatever gets inside. And then so that's no longer the case, is no longer protecting the phone. It's actually holding the gritty stuff against it. So you got to get in there and clean out yeah. that case, take the case off every once in a while and clean it. And uh, I know a lot of people like screen protectors. I just i I've, I've never I've never liked it. I mean, I've tried I've really tried to to like it. And I, I could it is impossible for me to put a screen on
1: without getting a bubble or a speck under it. I just can't manage it. Oh, they have like, like the new ones you buy now, they come with like little jigs that you put your phone in. I know. And then it, it like just, it just flows over, uh, you know. I've tried it that. Lines everything up.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, I may try it again. I may, I may do that again because yeah. it is, it is protects the, the screen, but also keeps it, you know, clean, which
2: is, well, I'm looking at mine, and I'm noticing that there's a giant bubble at the top that I haven't even see? cared about for... Just gives it some character. But Ugh. then you look at you look at these high schoolers' phones that have so many cracks in the screen. Yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. Well, come on, what what's the little bubble on the screen <laughs> yeah. compared to all those cracks? Oh, that just it
1: gives me the heebie-jeebies when I see these kids' screens. <laughs> well, I- and now phones have like all those cameras protruding off the back, so now you need glass camera protectors to put on the back cameras on the back too i know so.
0: i mean it's it's not like these things aren't you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars oh, in yeah your that, pocket. They could have,
2: that they could have they're spent more, five they're bucks more than my car cost in high school <laughs> yeah <so>. right yeah. <laughs> Right.
0: so uh think about that phone cases screen protectors father you but you had something about speaker protector stick- stickers i don't know i haven't heard of those before
2: So there's just little stickers that you can put on the bottom of the phone on the speakers and it stops the dust from getting up in the speakers. I think the newer iPhones, they've kind of addressed that by making the case a little better. But if you have like an iPhone 11 or earlier that has kind of the openness of those screen of those um, speakers, it's a way to cover them up. Mm. And it doesn't muffle the sound at all or anything. The other thing that you'll have that you occasionally on cleaning, especially if you have very linty pockets, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes your sound might be muffled on your phone because lint gets built up in the speaker holes. Be careful. But even something like a toothpick or something can help get some of that lint
0: out. Well, the other one is uh, if lint gets inside the 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 either lightning port or USB port, whatever your phone has, it can prevent your cables from making a solid connection. And it can be just enough that it's not, it it doesn't go out in all the way, but it doesn't feel like it's, it's like there's something in there. So you just look in there, even with a flashlight, hold it up and look in there and don't use anything metal. A toothpick is a perfect thing because wood is non-conductive and gently pull out any lint that's in there. Gently. You don't want to break anything
1: pretend it's your phone's belly button or something right but, right but um but they do make do they do make <laughs> yeah they do make uh <laughs> yeah and they do make rubber uh like USB-C plugs that are very small and they just go into that port if you're not using your USB-C port every day that's i think a good option cuz it just sits in there and mm. keeps the dust out if your if your phone case doesn't already have like a flap to protect it the only thing is that if you are like plugging it in your car and then going home and charging plugging it in at night you'll lose those little plugs like so quickly and right. it, they're like 20 for, you know, eight dollars but it's still like yeah, they're, they're gone. And, but you know, if you don't use your port that often cause you're wireless charging or something, it's a pretty good option. Right. And you know, make
0: cleaning a, a routine, put it on your reminders, you know, clean your phone. Every, I'd say clean your phone once a week. Like I think that's a minimum, frankly, clean your AirPods and your headphones. They'll, your ears are gross, yeah. <laughs> you know, just clean, you know, clean them off, clean inside the, like if you have AirPods clean inside the case, you know, get in there with a Q-tip and some isopropyl alcohol and clean inside where the, where they, they, they go inside the case. And, and frankly, if you, if you look at it and you clean the air wax out of the holes, you're going to get better sound out of your headphones.
2: Yeah, that's true. You'll, you'll be able to hear things. I don't know why there are used AirPods on eBay. It, <laughs> it just
0: ugh. oh no! I mean new. <laughs> yeah, uh, people share AirPods. My wife, I, my wife was like, "Oh, let me borrow your AirPods." No, oh you. <laughs> um, I'll buy you your own set. Um, yeah, but people share them. All right, so yeah, regular maintenance is a is a big one, and then you know just. The, the normal clean, keep things clean. Um, One thing, to, it, if you keep an air, a microfiber cloth on you when you're out and you want to take pictures with your phone, just wipe the, the lens off before you do it. You're going to find you're going to get much nicer pictures from that very expensive phone. You know, if you if you wipe all of the finger oils and dust and whatnot off of that. So
2: just just a tip and public service announcement. Put it in portrait mode.
1: Yes. Hold your
0: phone sideways. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. Unless
2: you're going for that
1: 1950s Vaseline on the camera lens, like yeah. softened glamour <laughs> filter. But you can just like use a filter for that. You don't need your yes. fingerprints. Like
0: you're like you're f- uh, filming yeah. Yeoman yeah. Rand. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shot. All right. So I think those are all of our uh, our our primary cleaning tech tips and uh, tools. So if you all have any questions about cleaning tech, oh, I do want to mention, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Apple has an extensive uh, support document on how to clean your Apple products. They go through everything. They talk about different types of cleaning materials and solutions. It's very extensive.
2: And they don't even try to sell you their $40 cleaning cloth on oh, it. man, No, no, they, <laughs> yeah.
0: They they do let you get away with using, you know, the the stuff you get from the, the CVS down at the corner. So very good. So uh, before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Technology, including Kyle J, Kevin S, Matthew B, Dan S, and Dion R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, I want to move on to some headlines. Uh, this was an interesting one to me, uh, that Microsoft has pl- plans to kill off third-party printer drivers in Windows. And all the Windows, uh, re- yeah. Windows users rejoiced, uh, especially the, the admins.
1: <laughs> yeah, the people searching for that Epson driver CD from 2003 or whatever.
0: Yeah, so Apple did this a while ago. It's not that... I- it's not that you can't a long install th- it. Yeah. It's not that you can't install a third party driver, but most printers work out of the box. Just you plug them in, you open the printer the settings, and you tell it to search for the, a, a driver for it. And it will usually come up with something. And that is so much better than the way it used to be. I mean, I remember having to go to the Epson site and, you know, I am on Mac OS. I have this version of the operating system. I have this particular model of printer and trying to figure out what that is. And, Then there's three different drivers I could possibly download. And what do I, which do I download? And it didn't work. And all that nonsense that that you can constantly having to deal with drivers. um, Just having it built into the operating system is so much better. Uh, What do y'all think of this? Is this going to
2: be a, the uh, Nirvana for Windows users? They're playing about a decade behind everyone else on this one. (laughs) But that's, I mean, isn't that kind of their slogan at this point?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there are people who still print things. I mean, but yeah, I do occasionally and, and I can't remember because I have brother, you know, mm. laser printers. I can't remember the last time I installed a driver must, for a brother. It, it, really? Yeah. Yeah. It oh, must. It must happen. I always have
2: to f- search drivers oh. for brothers. That's why I call them bothers. <laughs> oh.
1: I don't know, maybe, yeah.
0: The I, one on the Mac that that still requires a separate driver is the Dymo label printers, which for oh, some yes. reason is separate. Oh. Um, they got to get on the ball. I I, I I like having a label printer, but it's such a hassle. And the last time I had it connected to my Mac, it was giving me all kinds of errors and problems and conflicts. And I just took, it's in the closet now. I, and I miss it because I, I like being able to print uh, postage and print labels and they can't. And they're going to get their act together
2: now. Are they killing off the complete ability to use these drivers, or just for no. them to be built into this operating system? They're
0: phasing out the Windows Update installation of drivers. So okay. in 2025, no new printer drivers will be published to Windows Update. Existing drivers can still be updated, but in 2026, driver ranking will be tweaked to bring the uh, built-in in drivers to the top, like the 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 Windows drivers in inbuilt drivers versus the third party driver. And by 2027, except for security related fixes, no printer driver updates will be allowed. So um, you got a few years. My, my guess is, you know, if some customer of Microsoft with, you know, 50,000 installations of Windows comes along and says, yeah, we have all these printers uh, in all of our buildings that won't work um you need to put put this off i have a feeling microsoft will yeah. will change their tune but um hopefully that's not the case
2: so in windows 12 remember windows 10 was the last version of windows yeah in windows 12 we won't be able to use our dot matrix printers anymore
0: probably not you'll have to you know, find an old <laughs> yeah. version of xp to, to run that Dude, oh, i get, yeah. get that sound in my head now yeah. <laughs> that and the modems now, from Microsoft to Apple, uh, over the summer, France said, Oh, your iPhone 12 is too much radiation. <laughs> that, was, that was my outrageous French accent.
1: It's pretty good.
0: Uh, <laughs> so the uh, So France was going to order Apple to stop selling the iPhone 12, which is admittedly a three- or four-year-old phone, but also to recall every iPhone 12 ever sold in the country, because yeah. it was emitting two, more radiation than they thought was prudent and safe, even though Apple passed the tests in the rest of the EU and the rest of the world. And it's a very specific, there's something called the specific absorption rate. And there's two different measurements, one where it's in, your, in close contact with your body, such as in your pocket, and another one where you're holding it at arm's length, and the one where it's in your pocket, is cannot exceed four watts per kilogram. And it was measured, they measured it at 5.74 k- watts per kilogram. Apple was disputing it. It was back and forth. However, um, everything is copacetic now because Apple has issued, even though they said there was no problem, they have issued an update to the software that apparently lowered the radiation, the power that, uh you know, being emitted through the Antenna to iPhone 12s in France, so um, it's kind of interesting. So French users, if you if your signal seems to be worse than it used to be, <laughs> thank your
2: your government's uh, watchdog on that. May cause cancer in the state of California,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and nowhere else. I bring this up because I we did have a listener who who mentioned like, hey, you guys haven't talked about this, and so I wanted to bring it up to mention that. A yes it was France had brought up this issue. It was debatable, but also Apple addressed it. And as of the iPhone 15, they have stopped selling the iPhone 12 everywhere anyway. It's now iPhone 13, 14 and 15. They always sell like the latest three.
2: The, The interesting thing on this is that while they're doing that, the 15, right, the latest iPhone was like, burning people's hands off because it was so hot (laughs) well it was yeah yeah,
0: it was in certain circumstances the the battery would run hot especially uh it had to do with specific apps i I remember i I didn't i'm not prepared to talk about it but i remember reading about it that that it, it was a specific combination of apps and that's why i didn't get caught in the beta period because it was very specific circumstances
2: and apple also shortened their beta periods for that last ios too so Um, there's some wasn't that much shorter it was you know june to september the the beta that was on the new devices that they did was a shortened period or something
0: well no see the the reason didn't get caught is because it only occurs on the 15 and so only once enough people had the 15 in hand with ios 17 could it get yeah, can people couldn't get out there. That's what it is. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah, they have they have like an initial test group with the new phone, right. and they didn't. Re- they kind of have pulled that back because there was too many leaks with it and stuff.
0: Right. But even <laughs> if you have thousands of you know testers, that's not the same thing as having millions of new like yeah. ten million phones in the first several weeks, and that's a big test group. Um, I I didn't have any of those issues. Now, one thing is your phone will run hot and run uh, slower. For the first week or so after you set it up, because all of that on device stuff that it does to for privacy's sake has to be rebuilt in you know all of the facial recognition of your photos, all of that indexing is going on in the background on your phone, so that plus this other issue with this particular software was causing i'm going to guess it was Instagram or face you know some Facebook app or something because Facebook's apps are notoriously poorly coded, uh, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about this last story, which is the uh, the new chair of the Federal Communications Commission in the U.S. has proposed to restore the net neutrality rules that were set aside in the Trump administration. Um, they were these rules were set up in the Obama administration when Trump uh, took office and his, his SEC uh, commissioners were in control of the panel. They set the rules aside. And now that there's a majority of uh, Biden's people are on the commission, they're putting them back in place. Well, one of the things that occurs to me is, is what was the result of the net neutrality rules on a practical level? What did we suffer from when these rules were set aside over the past six years? Like, were there any noticeable violations of net neutrality that, that had been reported? Because I couldn't find anything.
2: I think what happened during that same period of time was that the bandwidth of availability for most people greatly increased. And so there wasn't really a noticeable difference because of that increase of bandwidth. And so around that same period of time was when you started seeing fiber laid into your normal neighborhood. And so most of the internet connections of the Average suburban American right now is overkill, and so you really didn't see it. I would see it sometimes out in rural areas that smaller websites were more difficult to get on than bigger websites. Mm-hmm. And my internet speed on um, watching things on YouTube or getting on the Microsoft's website was much quicker than websites that would ordinarily not be slow. Now there's other things of like, well, they just are running slow servers, right. right, but there was there was some noticeable lag in in some of the rural areas that we didn't have the same level of bandwidth, so I think if you had a limited if the bandwidth wasn't increased when the net neutrality was was taken away, then you probably would have noticed more of a problem.
1: what do you think victor yeah i'm kind of on the other side of this i'm very um skeptical of net neutrality, you know, what's, what's motivating it, what's behind it, you know, you look at, you know, why shouldn't we regulate our, you know, internet connections like our public utilities. And then you look at our electrical grid, which is, I would say not resilient and has suffered from a lack of innovation and and investment in, in innovative technologies. And I can see, you know, anytime you add regulation like this, it tends to Tends to kill innovation, so um, which is bad for the consumer. You know, we're regulating, you know, connections now, but how long before we start regulating content? You know, where where does it end? Is kind of my my point of view. So I'm very uh, laissez faire, hands off when it comes to to this. Uh, so I'm, you know, more skeptical of this.
2: Isn't the neutrality more the neutrality is more to not regulate than to regulate? Well.
1: Well, it, this is this is that's the question. What they call,
2: yeah, they call yeah.
1: yeah. I mean they're they're yeah. I mean you you're going to need oversight, you're going to need regulation to enforce, you know, whatever price controls or bandwidth controls are going to put in. So it's it's one of those where it's like, you know, the the free puppies for everyone bill where and, you know so we should describe what what we
0: what is usually meant by net neutrality which is all bandwidth travels at the same rate like so the traffic to a small website gets the same priority uh on the on the limited pipes of the internet as amazon or google and mm-hmm. without net neutrality google or amazon could pay to get preferred speeds, they could get the fast lane. Say, if you want to think of it as like a highway, so they get a preferred fast lane that's just for them, and everyone else has to share the rest of the road and uh, the in the and the, the you know the clogged up roads. And so that would require regulation to say you can't have paid prioritization uh, for it. So that is a regulation issue. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is: is bandwidth at this point so wide that prioritization isn't a big deal? Or, uh, as you're saying, because people people were getting so much more bandwidth so quickly, or are we, reach, are we going to get to a point where that uh, excess of bandwidth is going to get filled up enough where we're going to start to feel the difference between stuff that gets priority and the stuff that doesn't. Uh, I tend to fall on the I don't like government regulation side of things, but I also don't like corporate backed backroom dealing uh to, yeah to yeah. harm the little guy so i feel
1: conflicted about this you'll you'll still get the corporate backroom dealing it'll just be less transparent right nice. yeah.
2: so one of the examples of how we did see this happen was some of the cell phone companies would have their own streaming services that they gave you free data to do the streaming um mm-hmm. and you would notice s- increased quality on the streaming versus what you would be doing on other streaming sites. Um, And so that was being done on some of the cell phone companies. And I would say that we're talking about bandwidth right now on my plugged in connection. I think still on towns without 5G, bandwidth is still a thing that is limited. And so I'm not sure if this is being applied to cell phone companies or not, because they kind of have their own little niche on things. So
0: yeah, and I'm not sure if I feel like that's a bad thing that if they they want to provide a better access to particular service for their customers, whether that's like, you know, they have a deal with Disney Plus, say, and T-Mobile users get better access to Disney Plus than they do to Netflix over their T-Mobile phone. I don't have I don't know. I mean. Yeah. i don't feel bad about that I, I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that's competition i guess i don't know it's just i think it. some of it depends on your philosophy of what is the internet is it a common carrier is it like the airwaves that we should all like own it in common or is it um like the utilities like the electrical poles uh you know the, the The idea of what the Internet is is still something I think that's in flux. And we all haven't kind of come down in one common idea of it. And until we do, we're going to I think I'm going to feel conflicted about this myself because I don't know how I how I want what I want the Internet to be, because there is give and take for every way you look at the Internet.
2: Now, remember, a large amount of the country with um, Internet providers during covid since March of 2020 you know, you always have this thing that you technically have a data cap mm-hmm. on your bills. A lot of your Internet service providers stopped enforcing data caps right. the last couple of years over the whole stay at home orders and all of that. And so some of this, I think, also was non noticeable because corporate regulation on things was greatly relaxed during covid on a lot of realms of things. So. Right. And more, the more
0: remote work there is, the more uh, people at home there is. The more there's going to be, you know, at home schooling. The more there's going to be a push to make everything equal, more neutral in that. So I, I I feel like it is
2: likely that that that's where we're going with things. Yeah, and so you and so you're making the argument, and we could do a whole show on this. Is the internet a public utility? I mean, that's what it boils down to is the question. Do we consider it a luxury or a public utility? Is it the same as is is the same as a telephone or is it something entirely different?
0: Or is it the public commons? You know, is it a publicly owned space? Should it be something that is owned by all and not by a company that that there's a there's some questions there about, you know, where does it fall in the in the hierarchy of needs of a society? Is it like you say, a luxury, an extra. I think we're all pretty clear it's not a luxury anymore. Uh, is it something that should be considered a utility? Is it something that should be considered like the public commons, like like airwaves that get licensed, but is owned by the people through the government and you know licensed by the government? Th- those are some
2: interesting questions that I think. Which It's similar to what the FCC is to radio waves and television right. stations.
0: Exactly. Over the air sta- te- television. Right. This is definitely something that we should come back and talk more about. And uh, I, I think because it is so nebulous at this point. Um, yeah, definitely. All right. So let's move on to our picks of the week. And uh, Victor, you're up first. What's your pick this yeah, week?
1: Yeah, mine is, is very low tech, but it's something I've been using a lot. Um, I, you know, do 3D printing. I fix things, uh, you know plastic things that break and I've been using super glue for most of my repairs but it it you know takes a long time to set up you know comparatively it gets all over your fingers it doesn't always make the strongest bond um, but lately I've been using uh, this acrylic plastic cement it's um, you know number 16 acrylic plastic cement it's you know some sort of acetone and who knows what else in it but it actually um, for just about every plastic I've tried it on whether it's you know the PLA from 3D printing or or PET PET or um, I used it to fix a, a surge protector where inside a plastic bracket had broken and um, but what it actually does is it actually melts the plastic and infuses it together it sets up very quickly so if you find yourself you know fixing things gluing pieces of plastic together and have been using super glue uh, for that you might want to give this a try um, you know use it in a well ventilated area I haven't you know, gotten dizzy or anything from using it. But once it starts acting on the plastic, it does, you know, smell kind of plasticky as it's, as it's fusing the plastic. But so low tech, but uh, better living through chemistry there.
0: <laughs> like super glue, they claim, you know, you can bond ceramics and other metals, you know, other things would, where this is very specifically for yeah. plastic things.
1: Yeah, I mean, super glue basically is, you know, a rubberized liquid that goes into, you know, imperfections on the surface of, two surfaces and then dries and you know the glue is the bond and this actually you know melts the plastic and fuses it together It's it cements it so um, it's a much stronger bond it sets up very quickly mm. but it won't work on ceramics or, or wood or anything like that.
0: There's a whole world of glues and epoxies out there there that, are yeah. That that are better than the over the counter stuff you find just at the you know the the, the, the local hardware store um, you know the, the, like the, the super glues and that sort of stuff There's some stuff out there that really is good at repairing very specific things, but they're they're very they're specialized. Um, And I got to I want to learn more about some of that stuff because I get really tired of throwing away half uh, full tubes of super glue that have solidified. And
2: yeah, that's that's our newest SQPN show. The secrets of glue and epoxy <laughs> yeah.
1: Stick, sticking together for more than 20 years. <laughs> Today's episode, J.B. Weld. <laughs>
0: you have to do it in the NPR voice uh, that yeah. would that, make it
1: complete. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, excellent. Very good. Uh, the number 16 acrylic plastic cement. Uh, Father Joseph, what's your pick this week?
2: My pick this week is called the... Um, books e-ink tablet and so i have right here it's called a books tablet and so it's an e-ink based tablet so like your kindles but it's a fully functional android tablet and uses a pen and all of that so works really good with writing notes and works really good for reading so i've really enjoyed i've had it about a year now and have really liked what I've gotten, I have the, I think it's a Nova Air Two, which is like a five inch version, but they make them up to like eight and a half by eleven, like a normal sheet of paper. So, oh and wow! The beauty is it has a nice backlight to it and everything. So,
0: and uh, you said it's a fully functional Android tablet. So does that mean that it has the Kindle app on it?
2: It, you can install the Kindle app on it. Um, it does come with the Google Play Store on it. So, okay. The earlier versions of it did not have the Google Play Store on it. They had their own proprietary thing, which, if you know about proprietary stores (laughs) that aren't the Google Play Store, um, yeah, yeah, they're not (laughs) very good. So I think, if I'm remembering right, I think I'm running Android 11 on it. So it's not the newest version, but I'm guessing the new ones have the more up-to-date.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The uh, uh, reason I bring that up is because if someone's got a Kindle and they want to do something that's not, you know, another Kindle from Amazon, um, they can still have access to all their Kindle books if the yes. Kindle app is on there. So, just something. Yes, to I still
2: have all my Kindle books on there, and it works wonderfully. Um, the Verboom app works really good on it, so now I can finally read my. Verbum app, my books I have on Verbum on yep. a um, so um for those who don't know Verbum is Bible software, Catholic Bible software that's I use a lot for preaching prep.
1: Nice, very good, excellent. Yeah, and I like I like they say they have a color display now, and I like because it's e-ink, you know, it has kind of those muted, soft, you know, low saturated colors on it, and, and yeah, that looks really cool
2: slightly more than a kindle though like i think my version is in the, like 300 hundred dollar range so mm. i was ready for a new ipad but i wasn't ready for a new ipad so or yeah, like so. or i couldn't defend buying an ipad when i had a macbook air and i really yeah yeah i haven't so
0: the yeah the, the note air 2 which uh, seems to be like somewhere in the middle is uh or it's let's see the air 2 that's like 450 so it's slightly more than a than a bottom line uh, iPad, but you know, competitive. So it's an alternative to, to the the big guys. So that's good, excellent. So my pick this week is a little bit of software called Air Buddy, uh, available on
1: set app, of course. And uh, what this does is, it- there's there's nothing in the rules that say a dog can't play basketball.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> boy, Air Buddy,
1: yeah, yes. Air
0: um, So what this does is it lets you. Uh, it, it you can connect your airpods to your mac if you have a if you have airpods on a mac it, it just like you can any bluetooth device but it, it out of the box it doesn't have the same nice functionality that it does when you connect it to your iphone or your ipad you know it gets that little thing that pops up that on the screen and it shows you the the charge and the airpods and that sort of thing well airbuddy lets you do that on your mac and so that you hold your uh, your AirPods near your Mac. You flip open the the the, the lid, and it, it says, "Hey, you want to connect this to the Mac?" And you can you just click on it, and it connects. It's very simple. Doesn't do a lot more than doesn't need to do a lot more than that. It's uh, it's it's a uh, it, it it's the basic functionality right there. So uh, it's just a nice little quality of life thing that it. Um, one thing it does do is it will send you battery alerts when your devices are running low on battery when you're your AirPods or, or um, studio buds. Like it'll, it'll work with other even non-AirPod, non-Apple AirPod devices. It'll track their uh, their charge and let you know when the battery charge is getting low, uh, even on other devices, Macs, your Apple Watch, that sort of stuff, anything that's on your account. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice little device, a nice little um, piece of software for connecting things to your Mac. All right, and that is our, those are our picks of the week and that, is our show. We would love to know what you thought of anything we had uh, to talk about in our discussion today. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC231. You can follow The Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia, where you should also hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Father Joseph Sund, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. You're welcome. Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.